0: Welcome to another episode of Fashion Junkies. Hi, Martina. How are you? Hey. How are things?
1: Oh, you know, just great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a really chilly um, Sunday morning, and we're just here um, bringing you another amazing episode. Um, this is going to be maybe a little different than most of our other shows, I I'd believe. agree with that, yeah. Um, just the content itself and some of the uh, discussions that guys were having, mm-hmm. um, were, that we're gonna have. So we really want you guys to, if you're listening, um, you know, just comment. You know, either on our on our blog posts or social media. Um, you know, we'll try and be a little bit more active.
1: Right. Well, we're trying to be like you said more active, but. Um, Have more entertaining content because social media is – everybody does it. So um, we're trying to be a little bit different than than what everybody else has. So, So.
0: But, yeah. Yeah. So do you want to start or should we start? Go ahead. Why don't you? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then we're going to talk about Revlon. So Revlon um, finally has named a first woman CEO in its 86 years in business. Um, so, her name is Deborah Perelman. Um, she is also the CEO and president of the company. She's been, um, her dad is the billionaire board chairman of the company. He, um, her father is um, Ron Perelman, who bought the company back in 1986. Um an interesting fact that I didn't know about this, I don't know if you did, um, they actually, um, besides manufacturing beauty and personal care products, um, they also do Almay, the makeup brand, and they do Charlie and Jeanette Fragrances. And they also own Elizabeth Arden, which I never knew. Yeah,
1: that was, I think, the most just, like surprising thing in this whole uh, research on this, on this company is because... I mean, you've always seen Revlon. I remember right. growing up seeing Revlon, and it's been around for years and years and had no idea. Yeah. No clue.
0: I thought Arden was... Um, at, I, th- I thought the parent company was... The other one, what's it called? Estee Lauder. Oh, okay. I thought it was them. they. I mean, I just associated them, them right, right, together. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. They just seemed really kind of like the same customer mm-hmm. to me, at least. So I thought they were together, but no... Um, so Deborah has been the chief operating officer for the past four months until she got this nomination, I guess, or appointed CEO of Revlon, um, which is really, really um, great for this whole women's movement that's been happening so far. Yeah, you know, you know, to actually having executives, you know, in the corporate world and stuff like that. I think that's really right. great. And who else, you know, knows makeup
1: more than women? I guess. Well, I guess my whole thing is, and I think you hit it right on the nose. They've got this whole um, women's movement and women empower or women's empowerment, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that going back ten years, this would have been that big of a thing,
0: right?
1: Um, but because of the um, society we live in and the nature of our society. This really um, struck a chord with a lot of people, and I thought it was very interesting that for a brand that's been around for so long, this is literally their very first woman right. in charge. And like you said, like who knows makeup better than a woman or right. fragrance? Um, but on the other flip side of it too, is men like or they know what they like on a woman too. So it's very interesting. Like you can, you could look at it you from both, both angles. Place. You yeah, know what I mean? I
0: guess. Yes, yes, you. Right. But so, I feel like I feel like. A man shouldn't. Oh, as a couple, there is attraction, but it shouldn't be like I don't want you to wear this, right? You know what? If they they like it, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's. I don't know. That's just a side note, I guess. Um,
1: I'll be interested to see because um, you even made this point on here on the notes, was that um, Revlon has struggled with U.S. consumers moving away from traditional brick and mortar stores. Yeah. So with all these other retailers, like I I have the Sephora and the Alta app on my phone, and I literally get a message from them at least twice a week. And Uh now, yeah, and now they've started their Christmas uh, promotions, and I got Uh one from Ulta this morning for Christmas gifts and things. Um, So I'll be interested to see because how many people honestly – with the Altas and the and the Sephora's of the world taking off the ground as well as they have, mm-hmm. how many people are going to go into a traditional brick and mortar store like a um, like a Walmart or a Target and pick up Revlon? So, right. I think they're going to have to change their strategy as far as um, getting into some sort of an online retail uh, presence, mm-hmm. whether it be their own line or being sold through another um, like e-commerce. e-commerce yeah. yeah, some sort of because it's really going to hurt them otherwise.
0: Right. Well, she's been, apparently, she's been doing this uh, online e-commerce, I guess, since being the chief operating officer. Mm-hmm. She has been leaning towards this e-commerce kind of way of selling Revlon. Um, apparently, that's was her approach. Um, and then her, her partnership with an MIT Media Lab to kind of help them you know, bring it a little bit forward or a little bit more current. Um, So she does, you know, still plan to sell to Amazon, these other platforms. Um, You know, the only thing is that, like, every business, I guess, you know, and a business like this, a name like this, I guess an iconic American brand like this, you are looking at shares and you're looking at the money, and it's been down.
1: Right, and they've um, been hurting for quite some time.
0: Quite some time, yeah. Um, even their first quarter results in May ten, you know they they were down five percent um, from last year. That were five ninety four point nine million dollars. Right, um, you know just seeing all of this, it's just like, damn, you
1: know. Well, and they had that whole um, disruption in their manufacturing facility back at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Which that hurt them about twenty million right there just in sales, Mm -hmm. so they're I mean they're not doing too hot at the moment, Um, so I mean it'll be interesting because I always feel like women have such a different approach to business, Mm -hmm. and I see it every day like even in at the level that I'm at with my job too, and I'm sure you see it too. You're on the wholesale end. I feel like women always have such a different approach to even like creative solutions and that's no knock at men by any means, but men and women view the world very differently. So something that a man sees versus a woman, there might be a a solution on both, you know, on either end for that matter. But um, I'll be interested to see what this lady does with it because makeup has really come a long way in the last, say, 10 years, wouldn't you say? I mean- it is literally, like, every More time, yeah. Trendy. Mm-hmm. I, guess the word is,
0: I guess that is lack of the word trend. Um, you always have all these uh, ambassadors, you know, doing this and that. Right. So how do you, I guess my question is how do you, I guess, take a mascara mm-hmm. for the lack of, you know, just a product. Okay. And make it, or how do you... I don't know, you make it different, you market it different from all these other brands. And then, you know, you then you have your high-end ones like Chanel, Tom Ford, and um, Dior that also has makeup. Like, how do you, do you think that that whole beauty industry is a little too... Um,
1: um, I see where you're going. Yeah, I no, I see where I'm you're going talking, with this. And just from my experience, I like to experiment with different types of brands and mm-hmm. see what works. And for the longest time, here we'll use we'll stay on the topic of mascara. For example, for the longest time, I was a devote Lancome um, Hypnose Drama uh, mascara fan mm-hmm. for the longest time, and it was it's twenty bucks a pop, so it's not like you're spending ten bucks at the like a drugstore mascara mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so. For a while, and then I, I was constantly buying it every 90 days. Um, and then it got to the point where I was like, there's got to be something cheaper that's comparable to this mm-hmm. out there. So then I started getting an Ipsy subscription. And so I started, they send me like every other month, I get a mascara sample. So I really started to dive into the different brands, mm-hmm. and I have landed on. Um, NARS. NARS just came out with a new mascara called Climax, mm-hmm. which may rival my love for Lancome. <laughs> and it is cheaper, too. Oh, wow. It's about five dollars cheaper than the Lancome brand is. Um, so, yeah, I could agree with you that it's pretty cluttered mm-hmm. in regards to um, in regards to certain products mm-hmm. like mascara is one of them. Eyeshadow palettes are another ridiculous thing that's constantly on the market. And, like, Revlon has started doing them now, too. I don't know. And L'Oreal, I saw it recently. L'Oreal has some.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I read something It's
1: just – it's crazy the amount of palettes. And it's getting to the point where I literally – people make fun of me. I've got about 10 to 15 of them sitting at home um, of all different colors, all different brands. And it's just – it's getting a little – a little crazy because, like I said, you've got the app there that I could literally go on my phone mm-hmm. on the app and make a purchase of a $50 palette and not even think twice about it. Right.
0: So, um, so you think they're a little behind in the game? Because, you know, we, we talk about palettes, which is an artistic kind of approach sure. to makeup. Mm-hmm. Know, I see it, you know, when we do fashion shows, um, you know, palettes is always like the main thing. You right. Know, because... A designer wants certain colors or mixed colors or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you think about Revlon, they were never that brand that always had like all these different color palettes. Do you see what I'm saying? Like their makeup was always like natural, Ye- basic, right? Maybe a pop of color here and there, but they were never that one brand that. It's,
1: it's a little bit more approachable right. to the the um the unexperienced consumer if that okay. makes sense like the okay. the young girl that is just starting out wearing makeup cuz and i i can attest to this when i first started wearing makeup at mm-hmm. god i was in junior high 13 14 mm-hmm. that's what it is like you go to the local walgreens or uh, walmart wherever it is that you were going and you picked up whatever was on on the shelf there at that at that store so y- yes I'm going to answer your question with yes. It's I think they're a little bit behind in that because mm-hmm. all these other brands have such a cult following now, right. and it, yes, they're behind in the game. If that makes sense, um, for those of people who are pretty avid um, cosmetics fans, Urban Decay just dropped their new cherry palette.
0: Yes, somebody, about two, of Facebook
1: friends three it. weeks ago. I think it was me, actually, that told you. Oh, okay, okay. I bought it the day it launched. And there was like oh, yeah, yeah, up yeah, until like three weeks, about three weeks prior to the launch date or to the, announce, uh, the announcing that they were actually launching this palette, this picture came up out of, I don't even remember where it was. It was on Instagram, though. And it was a picture of the whole palette, and then someone had swatched it. And then this picture went viral and everybody's like started um, adding or uh, messaging Urban Decay and was like, hey, when's this palette coming out? How can I get my hands on it? And I built this hype. Wow. And I literally the morning of it came out on a Saturday morning. I went on their website and I bought it. And didn't even think twice about it because I'm such a loyal fan. So I think if Revlon's going um is going to do as well as they are. Mm-hmm they're going to have to build that kind of a cult following that someone's going to literally it was a saturday morning at like 8:30 in the morning i went on right before i went to work and i bought the thing right and i love it so you have to build that that loyalty to from your fans and you have to right. figure out a way to get yourself out of those like drug's like convenience stores or drug stores um or even like walmarts and targets and things like that and elevate it right and bring it to um Maybe Amazon's the answer. That'd be kind of cool if I, if we saw something like Revlon related on Amazon. Oh,
0: maybe bring in like a, a NARS level. Not a NARS level. What do you level, mean? Or like a, like a Mac level. Do
1: you know what I mean? Like a freestanding like store, a free-standing you mean?
0: A freestanding store. Maybe that'll help them.
1: It'd be interesting to It'd see. It'd be interesting to see,
0: yeah. But like I said, Revlon, it's not, for me, it's not that trendy. Like, even, like, at Walgreens, like, you know, I always thought Maybelline was always a step ahead of them. Because mm-hmm. they always seem to be coming out with a little bit more, um, of like, against, again, taking, like, a mascara and making the brush different, you know, or doing this differently. Um, just little things like that to kind of have the customer a little bit more interesting. And I think Revlon has always stayed more traditional. And very red. Because I remember Mm -hmm. all these shades of red. Mm -hmm. And all these hues of red. The classic look. And I feel like maybe, yes, maybe pulling out from the Walmarts and the Walgreens and, and all that. But I think at the same time, that's kind of hurting their, excuse me, their, like, heart. They're really that American, you know, customer. Like, they're really you know, Nancy who lives in
1: Nancy. (laughs) That's the first name that comes to mind. You know,
0: Nancy that lives in a little town in
1: Right. You know Bismarck.
0: Yes. Yeah. I gotcha. You know, so I feel like it's gonna be a tough tough She's like I, I for for me it feels like it's gonna be like a tough a tough year for them or end of the year for them or beginning of the year for them to see what she can do, you know.
1: What kind of turn it around? Right, and I mean things are never turned around in in a day, you know. Right. So, and and my bosses always say that is, you spent all this time up here, and then you have the one year that it dips a little bit, and right. because you've always been up here, in comparison to the all the other regions in the in in the country, yeah. you've always been held at this standard, and then all these other markets are here, you dip a little bit, and this lower tier always looks better than you do because you've always been held at this higher standard right. so it's going to take you a full year a full couple of years for it to return, return back to back. what it is yeah. and uh, that's part of just the ebbs and flows of of business unfortunately, yeah.
0: unfortunately yeah. i mean because you do notice when you take like a bad hit even oh, yeah. it's just a few mm-hmm. thousand, like you you feel it right away so i was like damn yeah
1: I see it all the time. We have the ability to view like the statistics of where you're up and down on the year or on the month and the week. And, and I've had a fantastic fall for mm-hmm. business, and now it's going to get to the month of November where my business dies mm-hmm. until it starts up in January. And I'm going to take a hit in what I took in and what I depleted my lo- – or I, uh, I took a chunk out of my, um, my negative – Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it back a portion in, in November, unfortunately, and that's just that up and down uh, of business. So um, I'm very excited to see what Revlon does with this because yeah. I think that, um, like I said, you've been so far at, at a certain standard, there's going to be something that's going to spark business yeah. and you're going to see it take off.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, the article, I think it was from MSNBC, Mm -hmm. business section that Mm -hmm. I took it from, um, that I took um, the majority of the notes from. And I was like, because I was reading like two or three articles at the same time. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. Um, But yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to see what.
1: And it's not a small company by any means because um, their first quarter sales results, um, which were released on May 10th, they reported that they uh, had a 560... $0.7 $0.7 million in net sales, but they were down almost 6% from the same period last year. So mm-hmm. it's not a small company. When you're in the millions and billions like that, you're running a huge operation. Right. Um, it's it's how do you keep it there or grow? Right. So I don't know. I'd be interested to see if they, like, do something – like, maybe do something different. Like, maybe relaunch it with, um, like, a different formula in the sense, like um, – and that's what these these luxury brand makeup brands do so well is the quality of it. Right. And I can tell the difference when I pick up um, – um, okay, let's use like ColourPop Cosmetics. They're a Canadian-based company. When I use theirs versus like an Urban Decay or a MAC, mm-hmm. the quality is different. ColourPop is really great quality for what you're paying for it. Like a, a pod, you're looking at like five bucks. Like they're – they're pretty cheap and the color payoff is great, mm-hmm. but does it last as long as those higher end brands? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe if they did some sort of like a relaunch in saying like, oh, new formula, longer lasting um, color, more saturated or something along those lines, maybe mm-hmm. even with the lipstick um, or maybe the foundation like Stila, for example, has their 48 hour or excuse me, not their 48 hour, their 10 hour stay all day um foundation and then they have the uh, concealer that's attached to it. It's all in one set. Mm-hmm. And it does. I, I wear it from time to time. Like if I've got big events and it, that thing does not move. So if they could come up with like a – I don't want to use the word gimmick, but that's what it is, a gimmick
0: right.
1: that actually pans out to be true kind right. of thing, people will come back and buy then say, screw it. Like why do I have to – why do I have to spend all that money on a higher end brand when I could get this for cheaper and it's the the payoff is almost as good? So,
0: right, yeah, I see. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see it. So,
1: why waste money
0: when you get it from
1: right when you can get those like I hate to use the word drugstore brands, but yeah, drugstore brands. Nice. So,
0: so let's move on to what do you think about? Balmain haute couture. Haute
1: couture, I mean. I would respond to you with the question of, I thought Balmain was fairly haute couture as it was. I mean, obviously, they're considered ready to wear. I get that, but... um,
0: That's exactly what I thought, too, because some of the designs that they're doing now, it's really intricate, Mm -hmm. and it does look like, you know, couture, but no, they're really going really going at it, like, he really wants to be, um, present at Couture Week, which will be, so, Olivia Rostin, who is the creative director of Balmain, um, he confirmed at this event, um, at WWD Retail and Apparel CEO Summit that he wants to bring back Balmain Couture for January, you know, 2019, So, this would be the first collection in 16 years. Jeez. Um, The last time they were in the Couture Week or season was Mm -hmm. back in 2002 when Oscar de la Renta was creative director back then. Um, um, So, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Um, I guess
1: my question is, where is Balmain headquartered out of? Do you know? Paris. Are they? Okay. I was going to say cuz you you're, you're going to literally have to jump through hoops just to get um what's the word for it?
0: Like, like approved?
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, but License? there's like Isn't it licensed? Yeah, like it? you have to be part of in order to show at Couture Week, you have to be part of like this elite group um like like an association almost right. of designers and there's all these stipulations that you have to um, or, like, requirements that you have to meet in order to be considered haute couture. Mm. So that's why I was asking, because I'm i pretty sure, like, you have to have a shop or your offices have to be out of Paris. There's some sort of a stipulation. I can't remember. Um, that's why I, I – just my own curiosity. Right.
0: But my question is, um, so Oliver has been creative director since 2011. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's what seven years, and he and now he wants to do couture, which is fine, I guess. But what is surprising to me when I was doing further reading for further investigation, um, they don't have like an accessories line of fragrance or like, just strictly closed, yeah, just strictly <clears throat> closed. So, with couture, he also wants to add accessories and fragrances and cosmetics to the brand.
1: So he's really looking to expand it. He's really looking to it. expand it, yeah, just okay.
0: like Chanel and Gucci mm-hmm. and Dior. Um, and the only thing he's—I'm not saying the only thing he's done in 2011, since 2011—but 2011, he's only been, you know, he's all about the Balmain army, which he calls his followers, like his Kardashians and the model, the Hadids, and all of those. Oh, that young, yeah, yeah. Okay. He calls them the Balmain army. Oh, well, not him, but the media calls him calls them the Balmain, right? Army, um, but he's done amazing collaborations. You know, in 2015 with H and M, which sold out instantly. Yeah, that
1: was a train wreck. The amount of people in the stores for that, I remember I think
0: that. Cr- the, didn't up website crash too. I think something like that. Um, I remember reading
1: that. I don't remember. I just remember like seeing videos and pictures of when that that collection launched at H and M. Yeah, and just the amount of people and just. It looked – honestly, you know what it looked like? It looked like Black Friday all over again. You know, like those crazy videos you see of yeah. people of, like, Target and Walmart that they're just hitting each other and throwing elbows to right. get, like, the last thing on the shelf? That's kind of what <laughs> it looked like. Um, but I do remember that just – it was crazy right. town when that collection launched.
0: Yeah, and I didn't know he – last year he collaborated with Victoria's Secret for the lingerie. I didn't no, I didn't know that either. I did not know that either. Um, what did he do, do you know? He he collaborated with the lingerie like Oh, like help it, design. Yeah, help oh, design. okay. Um so it marks the first ever for Victoria's Secret to hmm. partner up with a luxury brand or like a high-end luxury brand. Um
1: well, here's my question. So Balmain has hit this stride that they're very um Like they they have geared themselves towards a fairly young audience. Mm -hmm. And I say young 20 to 35, let's say, maybe a little older into their 40s. But it's not like it's not a pre-T brand and it's not like a a mature woman. It's much more of a younger, like you said, like a Hadid or like a a Kardashian, that it's a little bit of a younger demographic. And if you're looking to get into like haute couture, who the hell is buying this? Because the shit's right. expensive as, as it is. And then you up it to haute couture that it's all made by hand. Right. Literally, the only ones that are buying it are your supermodels and
0: um, Rich, socialites. Yeah. Socialites, yeah. So do you feel like he'll be alienating them a little bit since there are... I mean, if you look at whole collection, it is a very youthful collection. Um, You know, even though he has older models like um, right. Leah Cabidi and he has... Um what's that girl? Um the one that just got married, the model. Carly Klaus? Yes. Which got married to a cushioner by the way. <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> um but apparently this Kush is not, you know, the evil spawn. Um but you know, he has these older models that still look great in her clothes, but do you have to be that thin of to course. like wear his clothes?
1: Well, so here's my biggest qualm is no one wants to no one wants to make plus size. Like and there's very few and those very few that do it do it well. Right. But I I can't equate being plus size to not having money. Does that make right. sense? No, no, because yeah. I know a lot of people that have the money that they could afford to buy it but right. you don't make it and you alienate yourself to a 2 through an 8 or a 2 through a 10 right and you shoot your foot on these people that maybe maybe have a six figure salary that can blow on All on Balmain. on Balmain but you can't buy it because right. they don't have it as an option and here comes the you know the other people on the other end saying well you could have it custom made sure But why? Right? Why can't I just go to a a Neiman's or a Saks or a Barney's, and just pick it up off the rack like you do? Right. You know, and that's, and I personally feel that way because it is literally the thing that when I go into like Tory Burch, I love Tory Burch's clothes. Mm -hmm. I think their stuff is so fun for summer, but I can't buy it because the biggest size I think is a fourteen or sixteen, something Mm -hmm. like that, and they don't make plus size. My friend's getting married next year, and she asked me to be one of her bridesmaids in her wedding, and that's the biggest thing is we found so many bridesmaids dresses that we like, but not all of them come in a plus size, and I'm plus size, and then two of the other girls aren't. So you have to be able to appease both sides of this.
0: Mm -hmm. You could make your own. You are a designer.
1: Well, I know that, but that's besides the point. Then I would have to make the other four (laughs) then. No one's trying to do that kind of work.
0: (laughs) But it's good for you.
1: Well, I get that, but still. So, I mean, that's just, I don't know. I feel like you're alienating yourself in some regard. And some people are okay with that. They, right. you know, like the Abercrombie and Fitches of the world, that they only want certain types wearing their clothing. And that's, you know, that's your prerogative. But be prepared to um, suffer the backlash of people that boycott you or don't want to shop with you because you, you're not size inclusive. So,
0: I don't know. But you feel like the main customer—it's always that, like, you know—it's always gonna be that young crowd, like. Yeah, but like you can't—you like, can't equate young to right, skinny either. Right. Well, that is true.
1: I'm 26 and I'm not a size two.
0: I see your point.
1: I just—I'm playing devil's advocate here. Right. If I
0: know. <laughs>
1: Gustavo's throwing daggers at me right now. (laughs) He's like, Um, this bitch better get it together. (laughs) Um,
0: But no, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like, first of all, if you're going to give me like a tacky studded dress like you do for ready to wear, like don't even bother doing couture. Do you know what I mean? wear a lot
1: of studded dresses from Balmain? Yeah,
0: like he likes to do like all these intricate... Yeah, I know what you're talking about, the long sleeve. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) you know, you're giving me like this studs, you're giving me leather you're giving me sequins um and but i don't want to see that in a couture gown you know the only collection that I, you know what when i think he is a great designer when he pulls back when it's just a knows sim- how to edit himself yes when he does a basic T-shirt, I think those are great. Like, even for his menswear, it's always so over the top. It's always like, you know, it's always like, um, I don't want to call them tights, you know, but it's (laughs) like those running... Pants and then it's shorts and then it's a tank top and it's a shirt and then it's a bag and then it's a jacket. You it's know, it's almost too much. It's almost too much. Yeah, I'm I gotcha. Like we know you are a great designer. We know you can make a great you know jacket. You know, but sometimes when you edit yourself and the stuff is just a sometimes TV less shirt. is more. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's amazing. Um, I don't know. I feel like. The only th- this And there's some dresses that I do like that he's done so far. Like, I think for Summer, when he presented mens, mm-hmm. um, he did some sort of iridescent dresses that kind of went with the collection, and I thought those were, like, really great. Yeah. Um, but, like I said, don't give me shoulders. Don't give me, uh, you know, all this stuff that you're known for. Give me something more, you know.
1: Well, there's a difference between a good designer and a great designer. Right. So...
0: Like, I guess, again, Lagerfeld, you know. Oh, my God. He can... Here he
1: goes hating on Lagerfeld no, again. No,
0: I don't hate him anymore. I I like him. I said to my last podcast that I finally have. Do you
1: like, do you hate him more or do you hate Michael Kors more?
0: Definitely Michael
1: Kors. <laughs> <laughs> he literally has this
0: qualm with Michael Kors that he just won't let go. I don't know what it is. It's just like. Speaking of microcores, I I'm gonna say something. Oh. Cause I know this person does not gonna, hear. I know my this person does not hear our podcast.
1: Is it gonna make me want to jump across the table? No. Oh.
0: Um okay. No, it's not even I guess I'm criticizing more than anything. So at a party, this guy had a um you know the cell, cell phones that come with the case that with the flap? Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm like, it looks so fat. Was it a Michael Kors case? Yes, because oh. I saw the name Michael Kors.
1: Hmm. I, was, I don't know necessarily that's a feminine thing per se, because I've seen Burberry has done it. Louis For but, men. Oh, I don't know about men. I, I consider that stuff unisex, though, because I see a lot of men with those like um, no, leather phone cases. No, that's why have
0: a fucking wallet. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, to put your cards inside <laughs> and then keep your cell phone that's regularly.
1: Who was it? Alex, that was a guest on our podcast. I'm pretty sure. Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he had one of those from Louis Vuitton. I'm almost a positive. A case? Or like some sort of a leather case that his phone was in and he had the cards in there, too. I, we'll, have to, we'll have to ask I'm him. I'm going
0: to call him. Not right now, but... <laughs> um, but I've
1: seen but, tons of men in New York City and Chicago. like not Maybe not logo-heavy, per se. Right. I will give you that. But just like leather or black cases. Oh, I think cases. he did have
0: like that slide in with the overflap that he had his cards that he can pick from. Same thing. Okay, but this was was you know like the book kind, like with the flap.
1: That's what you're getting for Christmas this year. I'm. You not, think I'm joking? I burn it, okay. <laughs> and because I'm getting it, to you, giving it to you as a gift, I fully expect you to use it. <laughs>
0: Martina. <laughs> and then
1: maybe, yeah, no, you're definitely going to use it.
0: I have a plus phone, so there's nothing compatible.
1: That's not true. You can find them anywhere. Girl, we will find you one. Don't you worry.
0: But I just felt it was like, ugh, like really, dude? And then he's just like very brand heavy. Mm-hmm. Like He likes the brands, but he doesn't know how to match it. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of person. Um but anyway, I just thought it was really weird that he had one. I like my mom has one of those. Like why do you have one? <laughs> I just I, I dunno, I'm sorry. That's just me. I'm a that's how you have a wallet to put oh, your cards shade. in. I'm probably am throwing shade, but I'm just saying.
1: So then do you hate those men that walk around the city with like those little crossbody bags? Like the um what do they call those?
0: The European bags?
1: Yes. Like the crossbody bag? You know what I'm talking about. The messenger bags? Yeah, kind of.
0: I have a messenger bag.
1: Well, that's the same thing. You put your... Why can't you just carry a wallet around then? You have another pocket. You can put your phone in the other pocket.
0: That's what I do too sometimes. Oh. I sometimes put like my phone and my wallet in the bag. Right, so then that's a purse. (laughs) That's fine with me. (laughs) I'm actually looking for a tote. So if you want to give me something for Christmas, I'm looking for a tote. I'm sure
1: Armando could hook you up with that.
0: If you're listening, Armando, <laughs> I really need a tote. <laughs> or maybe Whatever happened to Armando. Maybe
1: Daniel could hook
0: you up with a tote too. Yes, Daniel. <laughs> whenever she's coming I mean whenever he's coming on the show. <laughs>
1: we try um, to get him, but what are you gonna do? Right. We need, to, you?
0: we need to call all of those our guests back. Well, some of them back. Um, I was talking to Alex that so he really wants to come back.
1: Yeah, and then we can actually put this debate to rest of what type of phone case he has, too. <laughs> Kill two, two birds with one stone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. It's, I think this is a question for fashion uh, straight fucks to see if it's too femme or not.
1: Go for it. Knock your socks off. We'll put a poll maybe we'll put a poll out yes, on Instagram. We should, do. <laughs> yes,
0: we should do a poll. That should be interesting. Anyway, we totally got sidetracked, um, like we always do. And the wheels are falling off the bus right. very quickly. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we'll see what Balmain can do for us or what kind of creations it can do. What do you think? Um, I'm not really a fan
1: of Balmain per se. I think it's a little um Kitschy. Right. So, to me, I mean, I'll sit back and watch and see so what this So, is it, like, the Moschino
0: of Paris, since well, Moschino yeah, is yeah, Italian?
1: Yeah, I feel about Balmain the same way you feel about Moschino. Let's put it that way.
0: Okay, I can see that. I only like their last collection. Everything else I haven't liked. So. Right.
1: So, exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel the same way. Okay. There we go. So,
1: anywho, anywho. um, This coming Tuesday.
0: Is... Election, Election day. day. So, if you're not American and listening to this podcast, um, good for you guys. Uh, <laughs> if you live in America, you know what we're talking about. Um, there's nothing but commercials, commercials, commercials,
1: and phone calls. Have you been getting the text messages yes, lately?
0: It's so annoying.
1: That's a new one. I had never, I had never seen that one before.
0: I, it was funny because they called me from. There's this governor that's running and. They called me from one of his offices mm-hmm. and they were like, we're calling from office so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah. how did you get my number? Right. And they were like, oh, it's a registered voter. I'm like, okay, but why are you calling me? They were like, well, we just want to make sure that you can tell. I'm like, I got to go. Like, I'm at an event. I can't talk to you right now. I thought you were somebody else. I got to go. Bye. So I just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's like, how rude. And
1: an, The phone calls don't bother me because I usually just send those to voicemail directly. I don't answer anything um, that I don't know unless, like, I'm waiting for a call, then I'll possibly answer. if it's somebody answered.
0: stranded and they're use somebody else's Then they'll
1: phone. leave me a voicemail and I'll call them right back.
0: But then what if you listen to it right away?
1: That's not possible because I have a watch on and I get the, the notification. Oh, okay. Nope. I've debunked that theory. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um... My, the, the ones that I hate the most are the ones that are literally standing outside the polling places and they're trying to pull you in as you're walking in to vote. And I'm like, no, like, I know who I'm voting for. Get the hell out of here. Like, goodbye. That
0: never happened to me. Oh, it happens
1: every election that I because I, I obviously you go to the same polling place right. every time, every freaking time there's always a group of them and they're like jumping over each other to try and get the last word in and I'm like okay you're done I'm not talking to any of you because right. you guys are animals
0: yeah last week what was it Friday no Thursday What's it? yeah Thursday uh, my sister she was at home oh no Halloween day so that was Wednesday Wednesday yeah um, Luis Gutierrez was going around in the neighborhood because da- his daughter is running for um, alderman for that district. Mm-hmm. So he he rang her door. And then she was like, oh, my God. Like, she got starstruck. I'm like, girl, <laughs> it's <in Swiss> Luis <laughs> Gutierrez. Like, he's not no Obama. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, relax, girl. But she was like, no, he was so nice. He was talking about his daughter a lot. And I was like, how come they never come to the door where I live? Like, mm-hmm. They just skip me. That means you
1: should be moving
0: somewhere. Right. I was like, because I have a peace of mind for these politicians. Yeah, well. They were like, good thing. Uh, you know
1: what? I think that people really, uh, unfortunately, they had a very, in in recent years, had a really, really low turnout as far as um, voting is concerned. And I mm-hmm. think with the situation that we find ourselves politically, I think it really opened up people's eyes.
0: Right. I've, yes. I think. Especially our our generation. I guess our generation, and I yeah, and I believe you know. Um, I think I think let's take it back a little further. Even like for Obama, like his first year when he was running um, for president, I felt mm-hmm. like. Um, I think that's when a lot of youth at that time, whoever were eighteen or turning eighteen, were actually. Um, Thinking about politics more than their parents, you know, because they could finally associate themselves with a president who spoke their language, who came from, um, who Uh maybe was, (laughs) right, who, yeah, who came from, I guess, the same side of town as them and, you Know kind of sparked the youth, and um, you know, even to now, I still remember some of these you know, recordings, um, reports on the news that you know they were like, Don't talk to me, like, not say don't talk to my parents, but you know, his their opinion doesn't matter. You know, this is our youth, it's our revolution. It's like, What can they do for us now? Um, and I think, um, you know, it's always been targeted to youth, but I feel like Obama, his first, you know, President Obama, his first election, I think he really captured and motivated that youth and then again he did it for the second time and I think you know when I guess when it's always a presidential election you always um you always throw the candidate as the devil or the evil person Mm -hmm. and I think we've never actually I think we never actually thought it would happen and then it finally (laughs) happened with this president um, and it's just like, nobody believed that this sort of thing would ever happen to us or to this country, you know? Yeah,
1: well, and I'm sure there's people that will find themselves on the opposite end of that spectrum right. too, but yes, you're right. Um, and I was just, I was scrolling on the internet just now and there's this whole, and I really like this, I there's like a bunch of these that I really, really want, um, L.com came out with this whole um, string of T-shirts from different designers. Yeah. Ranging from like 70 bucks all the way to $380 mm-hmm. of different types of T-shirts. Right. That um, a portion of the proceeds go to um, ACLU, I believe. Yes.
0: And then there's some that go to the Queer Vote that is helping um, – that supports um, people who are running for Congress that are supporting LGBTQ. That was the biggest, um, yeah. Um, yes. Rights and also candidates that are LGBTQ part of the community. Um, that was a
1: huge um, topic, This, especially in the Illinois election, yes. um, was a huge, huge thing I noticed this year. Yes. Um, so,
0: um, for the readers, we're obviously talking about, um, you know, voting and, you know, we called it voting in fashion. Um, there's an article that was released by Vanessa Friedman, who is this famous fashion columnist for the New York Times. Um, she wrote an interesting piece on fashion and voting and how um, a taboo that still exists and the majority of the people think that shouldn't coexist. So saying, like, fashion and political views shouldn't be mixed. Um yeah. Which I feel, personally, it's not. Um, I always hated the whole um, thing about when people, when Hollywood would always express um, their po- political point of view. and so that people would be like, oh, they're millionaires, like who cares? Yes, they're millionaires, but they still have, they still live here. They still um, have they're the still right to vote. voting citizens. Yeah, they're voting citizens and, you know, they don't want something. Like we don't want something. Um, you know, a lot of them were very vocal and huge Bernie Sanders supporters, um, you know, and it's just an amazing, for me, I guess it's an amazing experience to see Mm -hmm. this kind of rolling. Um, you know, this, this election cycle just got a lot of people, you know, talking or lobbying points, You know, and this happened to be a perfect, you know, product category for the fashion industry. Um, The article follows Adama Goldstein, uh, who partnered up with Alexandra Posen, which is um, Zach Posen's sister, who she's an artist. um, And they created this brand called Resistance by Design. So what they're selling is a silk scarf that is, um, etched, um, with drawings of each, um, female Democratic political that's running, who is on the ballot on November 6th. Um, so it's from nation to nation, I mean, across, I mean, from state to, you know, from California all the way to Maine, um, and all those, you know, you know, states, um, you know, this is not the first time that fashion has mixed politics. Um, you know, in 2016, they started the whole Pant Nation suit, um, Pant Suit Nation. You know, for Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, the women who went to go vote were wearing white. Uh, were wearing white. You know, to declare their allegiance to the suffragists. Um, and also, you know, the color white was also for like a celebratory. Hopefully, you know, nominating the first women president. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, in twenty sixteen, the whole pussy hat thing with you know the ladies' march, um, and then also other people, the trends that are rolling, and then there is some sure shirts at Model Perendi, and then um, vote merchandise at L dot um, You know, not only them but also Levi's. I don't know if you've seen this commercial. Um, Levi's has you know for the past month or so they have been airing um this go voting commercial yeah i have seen it um, which is very i liked it it was very it's it's a very good commercial um we'll probably put it with the podcast um our blog post um you know and it's really just they're promoting their brand but they're also you know wanting you to to go and vote um there's other designers that have done um, leather totes by M.C. Wallers um, that has the word give a damn, you know. There are also the designers that did bags for um, Hillary Clinton while she went to the Benghazi hearings. Um, there's Ngoa Franco, who does cashmere sweaters with things on it that says poverty is sexist. Um, one of them was worn by Cotton Britain at the Golden Globes, which, you know, a lot of people criticize her for. Um, and this also Perangaroo Cynthia Raleigh and other like indie designers in New York are um, creating merchandise for this organization called Swing Left which um, Swing Left is an organization that are looking closely at certain states um, for these um, political tight races that you know the overall of this election is hopefully, that the Democrats can flip the House and the Senate or one or the other. Um, So that way they're able to, I don't know, I guess, kind of like, in a way, stop, I guess, Donald Trump and his policies that he has in mind or so on and so forth. So, you know... um, it's all these other – so it's a trend that's starting everywhere from Disney to Starbucks to um, yep. Apple and, you know, all these other brands that are getting involved.
1: Very um, true. And it's, um, what was I going to say to you? I, I don't know necessarily that I agree with the whole topic of you can't mix fashion and um, – Uh, fashion and politics because the state of our political climate or like um maybe there's a war going on or anything like that has always affected fashion i mean that's why dior's new look in the 50s took off as well as it did is because you had all that rationing of pantyhose and um fabric and things like that and then once the war was over they were no longer using those material for um, for missiles and for uh war um war products and they were able they had this like surplus of it so there was this beautiful new look that dior put together that it was in an excess of fabric Mm -hmm. um and fashion has always been affected by the political climate um so i don't know that i necessarily uh, agree with that because i think that um, fashion and, and politics go very much hand in hand. They, yeah, they really do. Because it's and and it's on here in the notes that um, Prabal Gurung made the, even made the comment, and it's very much what I agree with as as a designer. And he said, as designers, clothing is our language; it's our medium for communication. So for myself and many others, a statement shirt, sweater, sweatshirt, or entire collection is a way to show the world what we stand for. To spread our message by joining with the people who can take our message from the runway or the racks to the streets.
0: Right.
1: Um, is, is, and this really strikes me because it is, it's true. It, fashion says a lot about who we are as people and our political stance, um, how we feel about the world and, and, and various things. And I I I think that by coming out with these go vote t-shirts or voted because um, I think Alexander Wang did the one that said voted on the sleeve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a way for the consumer to tell the world their viewpoint and how they feel about it. Right. So I don't know necessarily that it correlates with, like, the designer telling you this is how you have to feel about it. Mm-hmm. They're giving the consumer the tool to go out and right. tell the world, if that makes sense. Right.
0: Like, you can either buy my political T-shirt or you can just, you know, buy this other shirt. Right. So, yeah. Um, and it's, so, it's yeah, it's got really everyone going. And even, um, you know, you know, Tory Burch said, when people say stick to fashion, she's like, and I get a lot of that on social media, it irritates me to no end. She goes on to saying, I'm going to make it the title of my text on my next book because I think people will continue to weigh on this and it's a good thing. So, you know, there's a lot of them that are really being politically involved, either nonpartisan. They're like, we don't, at this point, they're like, we don't care what political party you're identified with. We just want you to go out and vote, um, which I thought was, you know, a really good thing. And just a little few points. Um, the, the collaboration between MZ Wallace and Lingua Franca, the Quilted Bag, um, they raised over $100,000. And it's for the organization She Should Run, which is an organization that supports women running for office. Um, Tori Birch T. Um, there, all of the funds go to Sarah Sahidi's 18 times 18, which focuses on the next generation of voters. Um, 100% of the profits from the resistance by design scarf is going to Emily's list and Emerge America. Um, you know, Modo Operandi, all of the proceeds go to Rock the Vote. Um, so yes, there are political point of views in per se, but they're going to actually, um, some really good organizations out
1: there. Yeah, and there's all these other, like, groups, too, that they're really pushing the whole just vote, yes. just in general, um, whether it's fashion or not. Like, there's this website that just, um, I found, it's called Ballot Ready, mm-hmm. and you can go through and type in your address, and it tells you what your polling place is, and then based off of your polling place, obviously, it pulls up the precinct that you belong to, mm-hmm. because obviously, not all these people that are running belong to the precinct that you're part of.
0: Part of, yeah.
1: Um, and it lets you go through. And what they did is they go on each of these candidates' sites or they know what their political stances are on each um, topic. And they com- uh, they combine all of that information onto one site and you click on each person and you, there's a drop-down menu and you can look at each of their um, viewpoints.
0: Nice.
1: And, um, and you can click on the specific person you want to vote for Mm
0: -hmm. and say
1: add to my ballot and then once you get to the end of the whole voting um it allows you to print it so then you can actually go through and be like okay this is the person i want to vote for so then come vote or come election day you just go in and you know who you're voting for already Um, so there's a lot of these tools that are like uh, are empowering a younger generation because we're shifting into this point where like our parents and our grandparents they have become that older generation they're Mm -hmm. on. I hate to say it this way, but they're on their way out. Right. And now it's up to our generation and those behind us to change the future of the world. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's why a lot of these fashion brands are are really aiming towards the, the younger demographic because they know that this is the next generation in line to, to change the world, and we can either make it or break it.
0: Yeah, I totally so. agree. So like I said, I think it's back to... The youth vote that Obama was like, you know, I remember some of the, the reports were like, you know, stop talking to my parents because you're like we're the future, we're the ones that are designing now right. what's gonna happen in the next eight years, in the next twenty years, um, you know, there were a lot of them that were politically motivated and, um, it's just, um, I like seeing this type of movement, which I think it's nice. You know, it just happens to be, you know, I guess bad luck for the type of president. I guess whatever political side you're on. Right. You know, that it's happened to this president. Um, but um, I don't know. I just feel like how can you agree with him if you're a woman? I don't know. That's just – I don't I know, That's
1: here, neither here that's, nor there. Right. Because – I mean, that's just, I know people there on both ends of that spectrum, so – Right.
0: So it's just like how? But anyway – Um, it's interesting to see and see if like I said not only because it's this president but I would like hopefully for this to continue you know for 2020 and for 2024 you know the elections on and forth you know I hope Um,
1: I I don't want to use our current president as a scapegoat and I don't want to get too political on this but I hope that because he was elected it really um it gives people the realization that you have the power to change things. Mm. If you are not happy with it, or if you're happy with it,
0: yeah.
1: you need to still go out there and and speak your mind and and um, voice your opinion on right. that. Um, and by doing that, it, you're you're voting. You're you, exactly you right. So, and I think that was the the whole point with this whole. Um, fashion thing that with all these t-shirts and all of these designers coming out and saying these things is i think they're trying to encourage a, a population that
0: hardly does
1: right it was it's it seems to me at least i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong but it seems to be like we're at an all-time low with with voting yes. a lot of our population doesn't
0: right and i was to vote you yeah, know i was watching the news before coming here and they actually already, there's a lot of, a lot of percentage up. I mean, I really don't know the exact number, I should write it down, but they're already doing a lot of early voting um, that they've seen for a, in a long time. Um, so, hopefully this is the start of something good.
1: I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, but in true junkie fashion, what are you obsessing about?
0: At the moment, um, I'm obsessing um, over Queen, the Queen. band. Oh. Um, I got invited to a special screening on Tuesday. Oh, nice. Okay. So I saw it. Um,
1: is that of the new Bohemian Rhapsody? The Bohemian oh,
0: Rhapsody. Oh, nice. Movie. Okay. Um, so I saw it in a theater. You know, the sound was amazing. Um, and then I saw it again on Friday with a couple of my friends. Um, and I saw it in a doubly – I think I'm saying it right, doubly or doby? I think
1: Adobe, doby. Doby I think so, yeah.
0: Doby theater system. Um, I mean, speaker system. And, I mean, it just did wonders for the music. Like, I liked it, you know, the first time. I loved it. But the second time around, was amazing. It's funny
1: because uh, – where did I read it? Like, somebody made a – there's an article i read somewhere i can't remember what it was but they thought like this music was ridiculous and that it was never gonna take off the ground and now there's people making movies
0: right about it you know what i mean
1: right. so it's kind of funny how that you know, pans the out the movie was
0: amazing um definitely rami malek is gonna get an academy award nomination and mm-hmm. probably even win it um but even the one that plays Freddie's. Mercury's um, longtime friend. She as well was very good in supporting cast.
1: When does that come out?
0: It came out Friday.
1: Oh, okay, so we um, can technically go see it now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. Like I've, I've, I've been a Queen fan, but I'm not mm-hmm. like a loyal, you know. But, you know, watching this song, watching this song, watching this movie, you actually realize you know more of their songs that you actually thought that you
1: right. You just you two. don't associate it with right. that that band, yeah,
0: Very but cool. yeah, I mean, Robin like was there's certain scenes that you know, kind of whiplash. you're like, oh, it's for the Mercury. Um, but they've been really funny about it, like promoting the film. You know, they run The View. Mm-hmm. And one of them, um, Joe Mazzazalo or something like that, um, he plays one of the obviously Queen members. And they told him that he looked like one of one of the the, the members. And he called his mother because he's like, where were you in 1983? Because they put a picture side by side. And he's like uncanny. He's really he really looks like him when he was younger. Like one hmm. of the bandmates. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's. I've been playing Queen ever since Tuesday. <laughs> That's currently <laughs> my obsession. Um, other than that, um, I'm trying to lay off Netflix.
1: He's obsessed with his new card heart hat too. By
0: the way, oh yeah, saw that one Carhartt. on. on that is I think it was on Snapchat impression. or Instagram. I saw it. Yes, I it was I all geeked about one. it. Yes.
1: So how does it make you feel now? Warm. <laughs> It's not even – okay, not for anything. Chicago typically around this time starts to get a little cold because we're in November now. Right. Um, but it's actually – it's been pretty nice. Like I yeah. haven't really had to wear a coat yeah, up until I mean, this yeah, point.
0: So I, I wore it Friday because I, I received it on Thursday night, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's too early for this. But today seemed nice since it was raining and whatever.
1: Yeah, he texted me this morning before we started to record. I'm going to get wet outside. And, and my thought was, and I didn't send him this, but my thought was, are you going to melt or?
0: Perhaps.
1: <laughs> Wicked witch over <laughs> here. <laughs> right.
0: So what are you obsessing about?
1: Um, There's not really anything at this moment. Oh, well, I recently opened up a Fabletics account, which for whoever doesn't know is the Kate Hudson brand um, of like athleisure because you you could wear some of this stuff like out. Like I have a couple printed leggings that if I wore them with like a blouse or something and a jean jacket, no whatever, no, know that they're leggings. Um, so I'm kind of obsessed with that. And I created that monthly subscription account that they basically charge you 50 bucks every month or you can skip the month. But for 50 bucks, you pick out a whole outfit, whereas like like for, Their leggings are pretty expensive. I'm not going to lie. Like the ones I'm wearing right now are about $90 leggings. Like they're not dirt cheap by any means. Um, but you can get as like the introductory offer two for 24, two bottoms for 24. And then every month, then they charge you 50 bucks and you pick out a whole outfit. So now that I've like started this whole like yoga thing that I've been on this whole yoga kick for the last few months, um, I've started ordering stuff from them and it's going to be a problem, <laughs> especially seeing as I've started buying Christmas gifts, too. I've start. I decided I'm going to start early this year and start buying Christmas gifts now.
0: It's going to be just, like, in the way. What do you mean? The gifts.
1: I know. Well, you got to start early. I figure if I buy, like – I bought five of them this week for all of my employees. Um, so I figure if I buy, like, one gift a week between now and, like, the week before Christmas, I'll be done. And it won't kill me having to buy – like, all of this stuff all in bulk. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much... So, wait. Pretty much the only thing at the moment.
0: You're already paying 50 bucks for an outfit? Mm-hmm.
1: There's some that are a little bit more expensive. Or, like, if you choose...
0: Okay, so let's say, you, for instance, you're you're buying the leggings for 90 and you're still paying the 50
1: No. So, like the ones that i'm wearing were 84.95 regular price like if you don't have an account you can still buy stuff off of their website
0: mm. but you're paying
1: full price whereas like if i'm signed into my account they charge you $50 every month or for like towards an outfit or you can skip the month and then the following month you can get charged for it like you've got the control to uh, the ability to control like when you buy things um, um okay. or you can have it charged and it just sits on your account until the following month. Cause they give you like certain outfits to pick from. And there's some that you like, you don't really like and you're like, well, whatever, I don't want this. So it'll just, it, it rolls over and you can then pay the extra 50. So you'd have a hundred dollars towards like an even bigger outfit. Like maybe instead of only two pieces, you get a third, you get a jacket. Mm. Um, so it's kind of cool. I mean, I like their stuff. Their stuff fits great. It's really great quality for, um, I mean, I guess it should be for what you're paying for it, right. um, but really great quality and very thoughtful in the um, in the example of like utilitarian in the sense like this. The ones I'm wearing have pockets on them. They have a coin pocket on the inside of the waistband, um, and they're they're great. Like I've Worn them quite a bit and they hold up really great and just the the quality and the the manufacturing of them is 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 top notch in, in my opinion. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out. They're actually pretty cool. What's it the called there? Fabletics.
0: Fabletics.
1: Yeah, it's Kate Hudson's company. Okay. That she launched ten years ago, maybe a little less than that. Really? They just had an anniversary sale. So I want to say it's 10 years. I want to say 2008 is when they started it. Wow. If my memory serves me correct. But um, yeah, and that's about it. So what did we... No. I really, I've been, been low-key. I've just been working and that's about it. Nice. Oh, side note. Side I note. finished the office. So for anybody who is Office fans. I know that on the last episode we talked about the fact that I was like midway through and you literally threw a bunch of shade at the fact that I was watching the show. Um, <laughs> did but, I? <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> but I did finish it and it was awesome and I'm going to watch it multiple times
0: now. Wow. You know, I'm thinking about rewatching watching Grey's Anatomy all over again.
1: Did you finish it? Yeah, like oh. two months ago. Oh.
0: In September. It took me a whole month to get through 14 seasons.
1: Do you watch su- the show Superstar on NBC?
0: No, everyone's telling me it's hilarious.
1: You should watch it. They had a reference for Grey's Anatomy this past week because one of the characters on the show is a surrogate for the store manager who Uh. him and his wife can't have kids. So she agrees to be the surrogate and he pays her to be it. And they get to the hospital because they they induce her. And the doctor that comes in is like a total hottie. So she um, decides she wants him to be the doctor. And then they're taking her. They decide that they have to do a C-section on her because of the way the baby's positioned. So they're, like, wheeling her to the the operating room. And the anesthesiologist comes in, and he's, like, a total, like, um, uh, dream boat, you know. So she goes, what is this, like, an episode of Grey's Anatomy? Or that all these doctors are, like, super attractive kind of thing? And I thought it'd be when, when I heard the Grey's Anatomy <laughs> reference.
0: That's a show you should watch,
1: though. You would think it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, everyone's telling me that they're like you would like their show. It's got a very
1: dry sense of humor, right? um, Very sarcastic, and that's why I see. I think you would like this show, and the writer that created this show Mm -hmm. was one of the writers on The Office too. Mm. Side note: Justin Spitzer was both on The Office and Superstore. So if you like this one, you'll probably you got to give The Office a
0: chance. I've watched the British Office.
1: It's different than the American version. Okay. It's comp- There's nods to the British one, like the stapler and Jello and things like that. There's nods to it, but the American version is different. Mm-hmm. So okay. give the American version a chance.
0: I'm
1: gonna give it a chance. And season one is only six episodes, so.
0: And then after that, it's like twenty-four.
1: Um, I think season two is like 18 or 19 episodes, and then, yeah, all the other ones are like t- between 24 and 27 episodes oh of the season.
0: they're like half-hour episodes, right? Yeah. Jeez. I prefer like an hour to get over with. But that it's... means
1: you can fly through them.
0: That is true. I re-
1: I remember I was off one day, like I was off on a Wednesday or something, and I got back to work, and my coworkers like, all right, where are you at on the office? And I'm like, girl, I finished season three yesterday. And they're like, weren't you just on season two? I'm like, yeah, I watched the whole season in a day. And they're like, "What are you doing with your life?" Um home. Well, you know, not uh
0: not working? No, not in. <laughs> you
1: know, not working. I was definitely at home watching the whole thing, so. <laughs> but yeah. But so. yeah.
0: Um Yeah, I'm just trying to get through um the Hierophant and Daredevil Um since they're going to be leaving Netflix um and they're going to go to Disney, so
1: well, Disney's just – they're buying everything out.
0: Well, they're going to start their own streaming service. Disney is? Yeah, Disney and Marvel. Well, Disney oh, bought Lord. Marvel. So that's right. All these Marvel shows that are Netflix have uh-huh. been canceled. Really? Because they're starting their own
1: Well, Netflix I, I feel – this is the thing I – okay, now we're going to get off on a tangent here now. But this is the thing that I hate about Netflix is that they take certain things away and then they add all these other stupid things – like, I can't tell you how many times I turned my laptop on to watch Netflix, and that freaking Haunting Hill show would turn on, and I hate horror. And that was all they were pushing. And I'm like, hello, have you watched, like, do you guys pay attention to what I watch? Because this is not anywhere near.
0: They stopped doing the uh, like, trending. It made me crazy. But it doesn't play it, though. It doesn't play it. What do you mean? No, so no, no, no. On
1: on the phone, yes, it does not play it. You physically have to click on it. Yeah. But on the computer, on the desktop version, it does. It gives you, like, a preview of the trailer. Oh,
0: yeah, So, crazy. yes, it that's
1: scares right. the shit out of me every time that I turn it on. I
0: heard it was really good.
1: Oh, my God. Well, yeah, all my friends, one of my, like, girlfriends, she watched it all in one sitting on a Friday night, and she said she nearly shit her pants. It was so scary. So for the horror fanatics... You'll you'll like it. Did you ever watch Scream? No, I don't, li- literally. I think the um, extent of horror movies I've ever watched. Well, I don't even want to say horror, like drama suspense, was The Black Dahlia, like years ago, the remake. That was like a thriller. The it was the remake of The Girl That Was Killed. Yeah. And then the Woman in Black. Those are about the extent of like drama suspense. Oh, I take that well. If you want to incorporate this one, what was the shark movie that Blake Lively was in recently? That she was the the oh. surfer that got stuck out at sea?
0: Yeah, I don't remember the name, but I know what you're talking it
1: about. Was, it's recent, like in the last couple of years. Yeah. That one had you on the edge of your seat, and I literally, I can't deal with the anxiety. Like, that's why I go to yoga, is to not have anxiety.
0: I used to like horror films until late at night, I decided to watch...
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Watch them late at night. Mm -hmm. The
0: Chainsaw Massacre, but like the 1970s. The original? The original. I was fine throughout the whole movie because it was a little gory, it was a little scary. Mm -hmm. And then until the ending, when she finally escaped and she got to hail down the pickup truck, and then she got behind, she got in the back of the pickup truck, Mm -hmm. and it was driving away, and then the guy—what oh, was his name? Leatherface. He's still <sighs> running behind her, you know, and wailing the chainsaw with her, like wailing the, you know, the chainsaw at her, and still running behind her. But obviously, the are truck you is sure this wasn't there. one of your dreams? No, this happened for real. Oh. This is part of the movie, and you just see her face. That's how it ends—the close up of her face, and she's just knowing how traumatized she's going to be for the rest of her life. Mm. And that's how the movie ends. And that scared me for life. And then years later, well, maybe one or two, I decided once again to see Halloween. Did you just see the new one? No, I haven't seen the new one. I'm like trying to put the courage to go see the new one. But I I was watching Halloween. And I've seen this movie, the first (laughs) one, so many times. And... It never just you know, it scares me, yeah, but I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. But I decided to watch this movie again, late at night. My brother and my cousins were in the basement. For some reason, through this two hour movie, they're not making any noise <laughs> and everything is just super scary and I'm just sucking myself out and I'm just like, Gustavo, you've watched this movie before. But I did get scared. I had a couple of
1: my employees went to go see the new one that just came out. And um, they've all said collectively that it's a great addition to the Halloween franchise. Like it, it, it plays off of the original. Yeah. And it ex- it elaborates like it extends off of the original. Yeah, it's um, supposed
0: to be like.
1: And a lot of people truly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah.
1: So, and I'm I'm glad to hear that because when people make remakes, sometimes they don't always pan out. Right. They're always the lame version of the original. Right. Um. So I'm happy to kind of hear that.
0: Yeah, because I heard that um, Jimmy. I heard that the director um, went out, like called Jamie Lee Curtis, or mm-hmm. somehow she knew that they were gonna do this, and she didn't want any part of it. But then, she was in
1: it though, wasn't she? Yes.
0: Oh, but because um, she thought it was another remake. Oh. And she didn't want to do another remake. Right. And then apparently her godson is not apparently, but her godson is. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal
1: I didn't know that Really? Yeah
0: So Jake Gyllenhaal Is the godson Okay And the director Have you ever seen that movie About the Boston Um Bombing
1: Oh I didn't know They made a movie
0: Yeah So he's the one That plays the runner Really? Yeah So What's
1: the name of that movie? I want to watch it
0: Um I don't know what it's called. Okay, you're going to have to look it up and right. tell me. And then that same director was the one that was tied to this Halloween movie. Oh. So then there was a connection there. He kind of was like, hey, Convinced can you, her. Yeah, can you come check this director out, just meet him for five minutes or so-so. Mm-hmm. And so then they got they her meeting. on board. And then she said herself in an interview that it was like she was talking to, she felt like she was back in the 70s talking to um Wes Carpenter. I think sometimes
1: did. that plays into it is can you get a good production crew because yeah. pro, I think the production crew really, um, yeah, makes it or break. Up. Yeah, because she said it herself
0: she was it was like talking to James Carpenter back in the seventies, mm-hmm. and um, she said that she would only do it if she got the blessing if he got the blessing from you know West Carpenter. Sure. And interesting. John Carpenter, not call West Carpenter. Carpenter. Interesting. Yeah, but. Yes, guys, that's our show for today. Woohoo!
1: Uh, woohoo! Um, Thanks for making it through another episode with us.
0: Right. Hopefully, we didn't bore you. Um, but um, yes, follow us on social media, um, Fashion Junkies Two, the number two. You know, <laughs> for Twitter, Instagram, um, just look out for stuff, and we're gonna, you know, bring you more content.
1: Yeah, we'll um, definitely make sure to share us uh, amongst your friends and on social media.
0: Um, and we're still waiting for that first review yeah what the hell people i know they're subscribers but nobody's writing anything i'm gonna have to pay somebody (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding we'll pay susan to put a a
1: a, a, or a a comment on our subscription so
0: but anywho anywho, um, have an awesome
1: yes thank you we'll be back around i would say around thanksgiving then and well, the holidays will be upon us. Maybe we could do a whole gift guide um, in our
0: next podcast. Yeah, it's like our top five gifts or something.
1: Yes. Why don't you guys send us a request of anything holiday related that you guys would like us to cover. Yeah. And we'll go that route. Maybe that'll be fun.
0: That'll be fine.
1: Cool. Alrighty.
0: Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a great week. Have a great Bye.